Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, welcome to Crime Wives. <laughs> we can't do this normal anymore. No, I, I was just making fun of our intro. Not making fun of Rodica, but she's like, you sound like me. And I was like, ooh. And then I said, hi guys, welcome to Crime Wives. And I'm like, dang it, she sounds just like me. She and I'm obnoxious. <laughs> I'm your host, Rodica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And before we get into things, we're going to ask you to do a few things. Hmm? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the things that I feel like we need to like ask people to do is tell your friends. If you like us, get other people. We need we need more followers. <laughs> so Yeah, no, we'd love it. If you're someone who keeps showing up every week because you like us, can you tell other people to like us as much as you like us? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, and if they haven't or you haven't already, go and rate and review us wherever you're listening to this right now. Um, all of those podcast that you're already listening to you know how you like and review them all the time could you do that for us that'd be great um otherwise if you haven't followed us on facebook i almost said instagram instagram, instagram. <laughs> on Go facebook your closest instagram. it's just all of them together instagwitter <laughs> <laughs> wow I did, i'm so proud of myself for that word i just came up with uh facebook instagram twitter instagwitter oh, we're taking over it uh we are crime wives podcast on all of those uh, platforms. And then if you are want to join the club and start sending us stuff on Gmail, we are crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. I'm so proud of you are for you? getting that right. I, that's the first time I've ever said our email. <laughs> I really correctly. think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be. Send us something. <laughs> Anything? I don't even know something, what I'm asking. please? <laughs> okay, so now we're done sounding desperate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, love us. Um, and let's start, I mean, let's talk about your week. I mean, what is there to say except that, as always, we talk about our week in the middle of it. <laughs> so It's true. I am on the tail end. Nobody cares, but I'm finally almost not being sick anymore. Did I, what did I just say? I'm almost not being sick anymore? I swear, the more these podcasts go on, the dumber I sound. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I'm almost over being sick. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Though I can still, now that I can hear myself in a microphone, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of still there. So my sexy voice is almost gone. And my son started preschool this week. It was glorious. It was a lot. It was very tearful for both of us. And then... For anybody that didn't hear what she said. Oh, she's... I'm sorry. My son started preschool this week. <laughs> and I cried. <laughs> I didn't cry. Of course, like when we're going into it, I was super stoked. And I was like, he's going to school. This is great. I'm taking a picture of him. He was crying at the house. He was crying before we got in the car. I made him, I was like, hey, can you stop, stop for one sec? Give mom a smile. He smiles. He's like, take a picture of him. He keeps walking. He's crying again. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most heartbreaking thing. Get there. We couldn't leave the preschool until we found a teacher to hold his hand. He was like, I just want to hold her hand a little bit. And so he held her hand, and then she basically looked at me and was like, okay, bye, bye, bye. And I was like, run! <laughs> so, so we left, and then we got back, and he was stoked, and we went, him and I went to ice cream, and he was telling me about it, and he goes, you're right, Mom. I was scared. I don't know why I was scared. <laughs> I was like, it's Aww. okay. I understand, but thank but you for But then you want to cry? You're like, oh, we left. Aren't you? When we left... Uh, Travis and I are walking out, and I start crying, and of course he starts laughing, and he's like, it's going to be okay. He cried, I cried, and then afterwards he's fine. So, 
Um, I probably, after this, I'm just hoping that I don't have to keep talking about it so that it's just, there's a milestone, got out of the way, now he's a school So we'll see goer. until tomorrow when you drop him off again. And yeah, yeah. Like, <gasps> I know. Oh, For no. me, it's probably going to be me, the sad one, tomorrow. But um, otherwise, I mean, he started school. That's freaking weird. Um, and uh, I, in fact, being sick, going on all the trips situation that went on, and then being sick when we got back, I don't have a ton of plans this weekend. And I am she thinks that until I'm like, I need help with this, 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 yeah, this, this. Yeah, I know. I purposely, I was like, I'm gonna try and leave myself open just in case, just in case. <laughs> also, like, just um, I have I have a cousin who I'm assuming listens to this, and probably when this comes out, she will have had a baby by then. Um, oh yeah. But she is a crazy person and texted me last week and was like, Hey, what are you doing next Friday? I'm like, You'll be 38 weeks pregnant. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I don't know why. And she's like, you want to hang out? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Then, of course, Lincoln woke up sick with the cold I gave him. And so um, she, I messaged her and was like, hey, um, you're very pregnant. And if you have not had baby between now and Friday, which I sent her this today, so that's two days from now, <laughs> uh, probably we shouldn't, like, do something in closed quarters because they're going to come over to my house. She's like, yeah, you're right. So I'm also looking forward to going to Buffalo Wild Wings because... I forget. There you about go. It. I love Mr. Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's it for me. That's nice. <laughs> Anyways, bye. Have a good <laughs> crime webs out. Bye. <laughs> what are you doing this week? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, guys, get ready for the shit show. Um. Well, after we recorded, um, because we just recorded a couple days ago. Oh yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Alex woke up very sick. So uh, don't that. blame me. He didn't see me one time. He didn't. No. So he just got it on his own. Yeah. That happened. Is he um, still he real woke sick? Up, no. He's actually feeling a lot better, so that's good. But we, like, just secluded ourselves in the house. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's um, there's some blankets on her windows when I got in here, people. I was like, don't judge me. I'm like, I'm night- actually envious of <laughs> the darkness. It was nighttime all day Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Monday, I just did my editing, meal prep, yay, grocery shop, responsibilities, uh, oh. Yesterday, I started my dart league again. Oh, I thought you said you weren't doing that. You were like, I I I'm never doing it again. I said I wouldn't do it until, I was like, I'm going to postpone it till after the wedding. And then I was like, well, it's the first night. I can <laughs> play really quick. Welcome to being Destiny. She'll tell you she's never going to do something. And then she's like, well, if I just put it off and then start it again. It's, it's like fine. I'm never doing it again, right? <laughs> um, well, we won. Just in case anybody <laughs> was okay. wondering. Um, oh, so good. I started my dart league and I do that with my in-laws. So. How long does that? It's like three months plus. Oh my, that is a commitment. So don't try to hang out with me on a Tuesday unless you're going to go meet me at the bar. Note to self. Um, <laughs> Where to find you. Right. And then, I mean, this obviously. Yeah. Yay. Wednesdays. <laughs> um, and then I'm getting my marriage certificate tomorrow. I am. What were you filling out then when I got here? The paperwork for the marriage certificate. Oh, like the application. The application. To In say. which you said your job was not what it currently is. <laughs> oh, yeah. She literally has no idea what I'm talking about. Weird. I was trying to convince her to put that she is a stripper. Wait, not a stripper. A trollop is a the trollop. word I used. So she's not that for a living, in case anyone's wondering. I mean... We'll see what happens. We'll see where <laughs> About the to road get takes married. Me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, just wedding stuff. A bunch of people are coming over tomorrow night 
to help get ready and then this weekend is just a bunch of prep and then next weekend I'm gonna explode and by the time this actually releases I'm gonna be married I know <laughs> so, so everyone's that. gonna cry so much everywhere yeah all of, not you. all of you yeah all of you better have tears in your eyes right now destiny don't cry so she will not be crying no um and all of those I'll sternly look at you with feelings <laughs> i like tense up ah, <laughs> cry 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 you're crying and i'm just like <laughs> yes. stoically looking at you shoot can you calm down with those emotions ma'am <laughs> i'm like whoa get it together uh yeah so cry. i mean busy busy but oh, yeah that's also i feel like it this at some point, both of us will listen to this again, and this feels like it needs to go in the memory book so that you don't forget that at one point in your life, you had a giant cat toy in your, I almost said garage, that's where we currently are, in your living room that looked, I mean, it looks like a big cat toy, but it's actually a bunch of colorful straws that are about to be beautiful centerpieces. So guess what? You all now get a full visual. We, I, we're going to post it on Instagram. Yes. You're going to get a before and after of what they my wedding decor looked like before because they currently look like a cat jungle just gym. call me martha stewart bitches <laughs> yeah. i got it destiny stewart nope hate it don't <laughs> go back to martha stewart um uh, so yeah that's yeah. where i am oh <laughs> uh, there we are um so what are you gonna be talking about this week Okay. Have you ever heard of Lady of the Dunes? I have not, but she sounds very fancy. Yeah, I feel like at least if you've ever entered our email before us that you heard of it today, at least. I definitely did. <laughs> I knew it! Okay, but this is wild. Um, it's kind of longer than people are used to hearing me talk, so if you hate my voice, sorry! Also, bye! Why are you here if you hate my voice? Get out of here! Yeah. Um... And this has got a bunch of stories within stories. So, but don't worry. There is actual crime here this time. This is not one of those where crime doesn't take place. And uh, there's a lot of crime. Okay. It was a summer day on July 26, 1974. A young girl was out walking her beagle and came upon a mutilated body that was badly decomposed. Okay. Well, that's something you don't come across every day. True that. Um, And this is in the dunes near Race Point Beach in Cape Cod. So, I hear Cape Cod, I always think of uh, a lot of Nicholas Sparks movies (laughs) for some reason. very true. Yeah, so, beautiful scenery, dead body. Police were immediately called and an inspection of the scene began. Here's what they summarized. The remains were just yards away from the road and had a huge amount of, quote, insect activity. And this is why I kept... AKA lots of maggots. <laughs> That's why I kept Ugh. reading that. Two sets of footprints led to the body, um, and tire tracks were found about 50 yards from the scene. The victim was face down on half a beach blanket. Okay, I don't remember the half a beach blanket part, but I don't know. What, why is it only half? Okay, I already have questions. <laughs> okay, victim was found face down on ha- half a beach blanket. A blue bandana, kind of periwinkle in my opinion, and a pair of Wrangler jeans were under her head. So, there's the scene. She's down. Okay. Um, had She had long auburn hair. It was pulled back into a ponytail with gold-flecked elastic band. Her toenails were painted pink. This is all the information that Wikipedia gave me. So yeah. This, this part, anyways, is like a lot of details that I couldn't find anywhere else, but Wikipedia had this part, which is 
I feel I just feel like they're normal. So she wasn't that badly decomposed. Oh, just wait. Her her, the, her belongings were not correct. Okay, yeah, true. <clears throat> Um, it was determined that the woman was approximately five foot six and weighed about 145 pounds um, and had in what they quoted as an athletic build. I feel like in some of the recreation pictures and stuff I've seen, it just looks average bod, but athletic, fine. Um, she also had a ton of dental work, like somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000 of dental work. Oh, wow. Um, and it's something that the dentist... Uh, would call, quote, New York-style dental work. I have no idea what that is. I but think it's probably similar to, like, L.A. dental work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah straight those up. big old fronties. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, it's important, I feel like, to get, put that detail out there um, because identifying people usually comes with uh, the dentists first. But anyways, uh, several of her teeth had been removed so that changes things weird and most sources say she was between 25 and 40 years old however she could have been as young as 20 or as old as 49 oh that's a range yeah so the part that was mostly um uh decomposed is the woman was nearly decapitated possibly from strangulation where i'm like what were you strangling jesus Uh uh-huh one side of her head Right? Or, yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll see. Okay, so okay. one side of her head had been crushed with, quote, or in parentheses, possibly, a military entrenching type tool. So, I'm not familiar with military entrenching type tools, but I'm assuming that... They can decapitate you. Yeah. Um, while also strangling you. Ugh. Okay. Uh, this head injury is what killed her. Oh, so actually, the military thing is was kind of crushing her skull. So that had nothing oh, to do with, with the, the crush of the okay. Yeah. So um, the injury is what killed her. What was the school crushing? Uh, there was also signs of sexual assault, uh, but those are likely postpartum. Uh, one hand and then one forearm were missing. So she was in a disarray, to say the least. Jesus. Um, essentially, her head was smushed and her hands were missing, and so were some of her teeth. Okay. Now I've set the scene. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That was You're, great. You're welcome. That's what we do here. So, uh, there was no sign of struggle, except that obviously there was at some point a struggle. Uh, police theorized that she either knew her killer or had been asleep when she died. Um, but I think they thought she died right there. I think. I think that's where they... Well, actually never says that anywhere. Um, Some investigators have theorized that the missing teeth, hands, and forearm indicate the killer wanted to hide either the victim's identity or their own. Or, in my opinion, both. Because, like, fingerprints are gone, a lot of the head looks different, teeth are gone. Not all of teeth, though. I don't know. And, from there, one of my personal favorites, one of your least favorites, the case goes cold. Um, The Lady of the Dunes has baffled law enforcement journalists and the public for more than 40 years. Because it went cold. Some of the people have theorized the unidentified woman was killed by an organized crime boss from Boston, which I'm about to get into and we're going to discuss because if you haven't seen the movie, you... I don't know if you should. Uh, (laughs) While others say that she was murdered after she successfully escaped from police custody. Um, And then another recent theory, which um, is that she might have been an extra in the movie Jaws. So that... What? Right? So I'm going to get into all of those. Okay. Because these are, this is my favorite part about cold cases is the theorizing. So this is why I did this case. (laughs) 
I basically just start naming, we're just going to get into these. One of the suspects who comes up a lot is a very famous mobster named James Whitey Bulger. Have you okay. ever heard of him? No. You've never heard of Whitey Bulger? No. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie where Johnny Depp is a crazy, crazy gangster mobster man? <laughs> okay, that's who he is. I'm like, what's the movie? Okay, it's one of, it still goes down in history for two reasons. It's one of the most, like, gruesome, gory, but, like, no horror film. What is the name? It's, I'm pretty sure it's called, like, Whitey or something. It's about no. Whitey Bulger. And I love me some Johnny Depp, but no, I've Ameri- not seen it. I think it might be, like, American... Gangster? Yes. Okay. No. Yes. I think so. I'm pretty sure that's what it okay, is. Okay, we'll stop guessing. So we'll just go with where this <laughs> story's going. We need someone going. in the background that every time we have questions, they just Google what we need, and then they come up with an answer. Here it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Where is any of our friends when we need them? <laughs> But then when they speak, we're like, shh. Whoa, whoa, you are not in this podcast. Shut your mouth. You're going to answer questions. Okay, so this is Whitey Bulger, who is one of the theories. Um, In fact, and he's pretty notorious. He's notorious for a lot of reasons, but uh, I think he was made more known when Johnny Depp played him. Gotcha. Obviously. Um, I had already known about him somehow in high school. A teacher told me about this guy. That's normal. I had lots of normal conversations. Okay. So the there was a movie about this guy's life, and um, I've already noted that it was somehow one of the most uh, horrific movies I've ever seen. There's like some brains getting blown out in a car, and it's oh, so graphic. Anyway, this guy, uh, Whitey, is involved in a ton of organized crime in Boston area, like a ton. Um, he, Whitey, and another, oh, and other members of the Winter Hang, I can't talk, Winter Hill Gang. Which is essentially the gang that uh, Whitey ran, more or less. I think some people would disagree that he ran a gang, but um, anyways. Essentially, they think that he's involved in this because he reportedly removed uh, his victim's teeth and sometimes hands after killing them to make it more difficult for authorities to find him. Um, He was also known to frequent a popular gay bar in uh, Provincetown, which is literally like 10 minutes away from this area that she was or like 15 minutes gotcha so he was known to be in the area um around the time oh the website that i found all of this stuff is called ranker.com that that's what put some of these theories and funness for me so um this quote is directly from there and this is uh according to sandra lee who wrote a novel based on the case uh the lady of the dunes may have been a young woman who came from uh, America to Ireland, which is where Whitey is from as well. And he, they think that maybe he was grooming her to force her into sex slavery. So she went from America to Ireland or from, from Ireland, Ireland to America? Came to America from Ireland. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they think she was Irish, came here. Somehow either he brought her here or they met somehow in between. Um, and was grooming her to into sex slavery because that's something he did. This guy was not great. Sandra Lee, who wrote the same book about kind of her theories on it, um, believes that Whitey Bulger or one of his cronies may have killed the young woman in Boston around 4th of July because that's when they believe she died. And um, they preserved her corpse in a freezer until they dumped her body in the dunes, which I think tends to lean more towards the idea that she wasn't killed right there. Gotcha. Um, obviously, because we put her in a freezer. So um, her corpse was eventually found three weeks later. So it doesn't, again, this, for some reason, I always, 
I don't like mob case mob like I feel like a lot of murder theories always start with the mob They're like we think gotcha. it was a mob hit yeah and um because so many suspected murders tend to explore the mob theory and then always end up being something else I'm like I don't know if I believe that yeah and also it seems too easy I guess I don't know um, it seems like just an easy way to like kind of be like, oh, it was mob. And then there's okay. that. Yeah. And then she's, no. Yeah. Okay. So then there's the theory that I believe even less, which is the Jaws movie theory. <laughs> and it's only Jesus. because, yeah. And just, so the person who brought this theory to life is Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. <laughs> so like, no hate on you, bro. I like where your brain's at, except that. The reason that he proposed that this theory is he thinks you can see this lady as an extra in the movie for a few brief seconds. And so that picture's in there. Okay, so I see this picture. Why do they think it's her? Because she has hair and a bandana. Because the bandana is the exact same color and the hair is the exact same. Did she get it at Walmart? Because 800 million people have it. Thank you. Thank you very much. But okay, okay. Uh I see where you're going. I'll hear However, from what I understand, he also doesn't necessarily believe this theory. He just knew about the case, somehow sees this lady in the movie, and then is like, oh my gosh, she's wearing exactly what, and she's got exactly what hair and everything. Let me bring this theory to life. I mean, way to think about this case, I guess, if you're just consistently watching things and you're like, you know what, I heard about this crime and da 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 It's weird that his mind went to that. First of all, but also um, when you are Stephen King's son, it was him. He did it. He did it. Case closed. (laughs) You're welcome, FBI. Seems weird to speculate that way, but um, I think that, in my opinion, when you're his son, when you say things, people listen. So, like, you should be careful about what you say. (laughs) Like, (laughs) maybe don't say that some random extra. Which maybe it is. Who knows? I don't know. Like the time that the movie was shot, all of that. She was. She would have been in that area, and the shooting was going on in that area. Yeah. But so like, did I'm she gonna, wear somebody, her outfit from a movie? Somebody in Seattle, they <laughs> not in Seattle. Somebody in Salem, they just um, like punched somebody in the face, and they had a yellow bow in their hair. And I'm guessing it was you. Yeah. Because oh, that's it's you. Right I was now. like, "Whoa, who wears yellow bows in their hair? It's freaking me. It's not like a bow. I think we're going to have to clarify. We'll send you a picture of the bow, guys. Yeah, okay. Anyways, but yeah, that's a little, that sounds like a stretch. It's just so far-fetched um, that it's silly to me. But wearing jeans and a blue bandana, one's like the discovered on the victim. The next part that is here is much of Jaws was filmed in the summer of 1974 in Martha's Vineyard, which is approximately 100 miles from where the Lady of the Dunes was discovered. So 100 miles away. Okay, so yeah, Portland. Right, exactly. So he, he theorized that the, that two women um, might be one and the same. However, he did say it's a pretty wild speculation, which I feel like is an understatement. Anyways, so there's that theory. Another theory is that of a woman who says she might have witnessed the girl's murder, which, okay. In 1987, more than a decade after Lady of the Dunes was murdered, a young woman in her early 20s claimed that while she was visiting Provincetown with her dad uh, approximately 15 years earlier, she saw her father strangle a woman. Because the young woman had lived in Canada at the time, the Royal Canadian Mountain police passed the information to the Provincetown police uh, chief and and that was of the Massachusetts State Police. Okay. 
However, by the time the authorities in the United States learned about the woman's disturbing allegations, she had moved to Montreal. In 1987, the investigators tried to find her, and they couldn't find her at all. They also couldn't corroborate the information she provided. So, like, this lady told someone of authority that this event occurred that is sounds horrific. Yeah. And then dipped out, and now no one can find her. Oh, my God. Like, someone, nobody still can find her? Yeah. No, she's... There's... Lady, where are you? Yeah, where are you? And what did you see? Like, and... I don't think this is the murder that she saw, but, like, she saw her dad strangle someone and wait until she was in her 20s to be like... And who's your dad? <laughs> oh, gosh. And they were in the U.S. in the 80s. It could have been any serial killer. Literally, the 80s. Literally. (gasps) Okay. Next theory. A woman thought she might have been her missing sister, or that the Lady of the Dunes might have been her missing sister. Okay. In 1987, law enforcement received a call from a Maryland woman who thought the Lady in the Dunes might be her sister who went missing in 1974. According to the woman, she lost touch with her sister after she relocated to Boston, and the same year the Lady of the Dunes was discovered in Provincetown. Uh, the woman said she hadn't spoken to her sister since 1974, and her missing sibling, like the Lady of the Dunes, had auburn hair. That was it. She was like, well, my sister had red hair. Like, every- Oh, my God. <laughs> and then um, he essentially, according to the Provincetown uh, police chief who received the tip, he told the woman... Uh, to send him her sister's dental records for comparison, and it's unclear if she complied with that request or ever did it. No follow-up there. And then, of course, I put my thoughts here, just as a note, um, are that auburn hair feels like not enough evidence to just assume this is your sister, Yeah. first of all. Um, but I did also put that I can understand to wanting to put answers to a missing person. Very and true. And you see that something that kind of fits it, and so um, that's... I also get it, but I still am like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch as well. Again, another stretch, but this one to me, I can be more, I can like get behind more because it's a real person that went missing as opposed to a person that's an extra in a movie. It does seem far-fetched. Okay. Then there's this final talked about thing. And I'm guessing this is where the rest (laughs) of the pictures come into play and I'm scared. You're welcome. Okay. This is the one that I feel like could be most plausible, maybe, but I also almost, I'll tell you my theory at the end. Okay. This theory is that of the serial killer Haddon Clark. I'm assuming, his name might be Hayden, but it's H-A-D-D-E-N. There's no Y. Haddon? I would say Haddon. Haddon Clark. Yeah. I think I want to lean towards this theory mostly because of um, who this guy was as a person. Uh, He quite literally should have... His own episode, actually, because <laughs> he is that interesting. Um, this guy was uh, diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. That's the eyeballs you keep viewing, this, that look. That's the look of a paranoid schizophrenic who had an alternate personality named Kristen. Oh. Yeah. He is currently serving a 30-year sentence at Eastern Correctional Institution in Maryland, for the murders of a six-year-old, Michelle Dorr, mm-hmm. which is why I was like, you're going to feel bad because he's schizophrenic. And then I was like, wait, you're not going to feel bad because he killed a six-year-old. And he also um, confessed and was able, they were able to corroborate that he killed a 23-year-old named Laura Hoofling. Hooflating? Hoofling. I can't tell you. Hoof? 
Laura. We'll just call her Laura. Okay, he also killed a girl named Laura (laughs) in 1992. Oh. He also gave a 10, or was given an additional 10-year sentence for a robbery after stealing a former, from a former landlord. So he's just all over the place. Here's a few things about him. As a teenager, he was known to torture and kill animals owned by children who bullied him. Not the way to deal with the bully. <laughs> a good rebuttal. <clears throat> yeah, seems like a bit of an excuse, if you ask me. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Clark trained as a chef and served in the United States Navy until he was discharged after being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Over the years, he held a number of jobs, but mostly he was homeless. And then, this is the part where I'm going to tell everyone about his looks, because I was so... Okay. If you ever look him up online, there are a ton of different pictures of him as his normal self, which is almost Ted Bundy-ish with the sharp features, not, like, quite as good-looking. Yeah, I was good. Uh-huh. Like, still a go. <laughs> but, like, I also don't think Ted Bundy's that hot, so... Yeah, I mean, very true. But this, <laughs> like, I opened this picture and I was like... I'm a little, like, free. It's just is there more than chilling. There should be more than just one picture. Yeah, there's three. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. And then there's him as, who I'm assuming is him as Kristen. With um, the wig. Which is wearing this awful side-swept brunette wig. One of them's, like, crazy and, like, fluffed up, and the other one's, like, to the side. Um, I don't, I hope I sent both of those pictures. Um, Yeah. And he's dressed. the wig, so the shorter one looks like it could be, like, his is just natural hair. So that's what I thought it was. I'm In pretty this sure picture, that's his Kristen I'm, wig. I'm not up close. But the other wig is like wavy curly, uh-huh. like mom And haircut, whatever he's doing like with his hand is a little femme, but also like it's like him, his brain is a woman. So all that he has to do yeah, is just... Yeah, with his handcuffs. Yes. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and those. Um, and then there's a few of him looking super homeless and then there's there's actually one of him online, too. The reason I felt that it was necessary to say all these different... I've never seen, like, a serial killer with so many, like, literal different personalities in pictures. Yeah. There's even yeah. one online of him, like, in a hockey outfit when he's, like, younger and he's getting ready to go play hockey. And I'm like, this guy's super norm. I know that a hockey outfit does not make you normal. But um, then there's the one that you... Um, I'll probably keep looking at with the big old wide eyes. And that's a more recent picture of him. And he's like bald and old. Mm -hmm, Uh mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's all over the place. Essentially, this guy is just very intriguing and frightening to me. And so that's why I was like, I don't know. However, the reason he's mentioned in a lot of the Lady of the Dunes case is because he apparently told his fellow inmate... Um, that his al- his alternate personality, Kristen, killed the Lady of the Dunes in 1974, as well as a nine-year-old named Sarah Pryor in 1985, which were two cases that he obviously had not yet been linked to. And he also went on to send a letter about the Lady of the Dunes to the police department. Um, so Clark... He did or Kristen did? You know, I, I don't Debatable. know what he, I don't know what he signed it at the end. Okay, good to know. <laughs> good to know. Could have been either. Um, Clark, who authorities believe is, in fact, actually a serial killer, even though he's only for those two kills, um, they believe that he was a serial killer. Um, they don't actually, they weren't ever able to actually, like, tie this guy. Essentially, um, he showed investigators where he allegedly buried some of his victims, and um, officials from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, oh my gosh. Hey, Destiny. Massachusetts. Cheese. <laughs> searched the places on Cape Cod where Clark indicated he did, um, or he had hid his 
uh, victims. They didn't find any evidence to support the convicted killer's claims. Um, but while they've ruled him out of this specific case, he did essentially, eventually at one point told them that he had all this stuff hidden on his grandfather's garden. And so he brings them to the grandfather's garden and um, police on December 15th, 2000, um, go to his grandparents' former property where they discovered a plastic bucket of over 200 pieces of jewelry. Among items were Laura Huffenletten, Laura. <laughs> Laura's high school class ring. And oh, so gotcha. um, he said that all of these things were his trophies. Unfortunately, due to whatever the circumstance was, he was like, I'm not going to tell you how I killed her because you guys are mean to me. That's what it comes down to. He didn't, he said that he killed Lady of the Dunes, but he didn't want to tell them how or give them any evidence because they said, you know, he said that he was mistreated. They, they obviously, unfortunately due to his mental illness, it's very hard to know what to believe when he says it, especially when, um, of his, his evidence doesn't really point to this specific case. Yeah. So again, though it seems very intriguing, it's hard to say if he really had anything to do with the case. And then the final notes about the case are um, that the woman um, was buried in October of 1974 after the case went cold. In 2014, one of the case investigators raised funds for a new casket because the original thin metal casket was getting rusted and deteriorated, but otherwise still buried, still unsolved. Um, over the years with her skull, experts have produced images of what the Lady of the Dunes may look like, and I'm going to make sure we provide that when we post this, Yeah. because there are tons of different options of, like, through ages. They do a lot of different age groups. Um, all of them have the auburn hair, but there's a lot of different ways that her face could have looked, um, and that's just kind of with more digital images. And aside from that, they also, another note that I made here at the end, they have contacted over a thousand dentists to try and get dental records that match, and they cannot find any. Oh my god. Yeah. And outside of that, that's it. That's, that's it. There's your cold case for you. I love all the different theories. I truly, even though like I told about serial killer at the end, I swear I think this is the only case that I'm like, maybe it was a mob hit. (laughs) Honestly, may yeah, like, yeah, like maybe this one was a mob hit. Maybe it was placement was good. A lot of serial killers were going on. I'm sure Whitey knew that. Was like, I don't know. Ding, ding. It seems like a real weird. A lot of identity is hidden really well, and I feel like the mob would be the best at doing that. Yeah, rather than I mean, somebody who maybe wasn't mentally in the right spot or. Uh-huh being an extra in a movie. I mean, that really wouldn't tell us anything. It doesn't say anything about Do you know who the extra is? Died. Yeah, no, you don't know who the extra is. You don't know where the extra so went that day. So that's just a false lead no matter what. And it's also, yes, it's, I mean, no, it's not going to help with her identity, which they still don't know, but also it's not going to help find who may have killed her. I don't know. It's crazy theory. The sister theory is one. Yeah, no. I, I think it's either a different serial killer. Yeah. Or potentially Whitey Bolter. I don't know. But TBD, that. hopefully. <laughs> so that was mine. And yeah. I know it wasn't, uh, I don't know, it was a lot, but it's good. What are you doing? I, okay, so two things. Yes, you know how much I love a cold case, asshole. Which means she hates cold cases. But 
It was good. I did like going down like a bunch of different theories. Uh-huh. I'm into that. I'm I, into that. I, I think, honestly, I do not love that murders don't get solved. I think I like the theories. I'm a... Yeah, because you never know where... Deep down inside of me, I want to be a conspiracy theorist. Like, I'm definitely not. So I can when it comes to murders. Yeah, you're like, okay, so I think this is what possibly happened. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week, I'm going to be talking about Charles Raymond Starkweather. Oh, God, I can tell by his name that he's a serial killer, correct? I mean, we'll see. Okay, okay. And Why is he? Carol Ann Fugit. Mm. Mm. So there's two. That name actually sounds familiar. I wonder if I've heard of... Mm. We find out. We find Possibly. out. Possibly. Okay, so uh, obviously, I feel like I've been doing couples lately. Yes. That's I've been, I've been loving it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't One know. of them was recommended. Yes, but that's true. Also, killer couples is like your thing. I know. Is that a TV yeah. show? It's a TV it show. It is. Yeah, oh, it's. You should watch it. I do. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I do. But that's besides the point. This this podcast has a new title. Oh no! Oh, uh, uh, one of us is getting kicked out then because <laughs> we ain't a couple. <laughs> Ooh. Next okay. week, Alex is like, "Hi guys, <laughs> welcome to Killer Couples." <laughs> Oh my god, I'd be so happy. I love spending my time. Well, she's, I'm offended. She's fake crying. Okay, well, this is happening. We just broke up. Yeah, we did. And we didn't even do anything. You just needed a killer couple, and so I was out. It was really quick. A lot of pain, but yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. Anyways, if anyone needs a new podcast mate, it's me. I need a new podcast. <laughs> All you hear is a door shut. Yeah. It's like, oh. And now it's destiny. <laughs> Crime wife out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. okay. So anyways, Ooh. well, we still have a podcast. If you go on about the... We're not splitting up. It's okay. We're still here. <laughs> Mom and dad are still together. Yes. It's fine. Okay. So. I'm the dad. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> You can definitely be the... Your name is Ron. So. <gasps> you ain't wrong. Ooh, I like it. Um, okay, so back to... Back, yeah. Back Always up from the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be starting off with Charles uh, Starkweather. Charles was born on November 24th, 1938 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Love it. Hey, can you tell me when I can look at the pictures? Yes, okay. I will definitely because I post. I gave you like seven because yes. I was like, I love it, 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 I love it. <laughs> so uh, he was born to Guy and Helen Starkweather. Charles had seven siblings, or he was one of seven. Okay. And his father, Guy, was a carpenter. And when his father wasn't working, um, he had like arthritis and things like that. So when it was acting up, he would take a like, break, take a bunch of time off. Yeah, and then his mom would go and waitress to take care of. The bills. Yes, basically, <laughs> and with seven children. Oh, right, right. Um, Oh, gosh. So, so his family was known to be polite and well-behaved, and it's noted that his home life was pretty good. Yeah? No alcoholic parents in this one. Oh, my gosh. The first time this is ever. absolutely the first time you've ever <laughs> said that. Probably. Um, but even though his home life was good, his school life was pretty much the opposite. He was teased at school due to a speech impediment and his bow-legged walking. Oh, that is a sad combo that could not have gone over well back then. Yeah, no, I'm sure it obviously didn't. So once he got into his teenage years, he became pretty strong and decided to confront the people who had picked on him, and he was known to get in a number of fights. Okay. Charles, 
I wanted to call him Charlie a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I'm sure he was by Charlie. Yeah. But Charles's first year um, in high school, he got into a fight with Bob Van Bush. Okay. And first, let's stop and appreciate the name. A Bob Van Bush? A Van Bush? Is Van Bush. Just, oh, yikes. I love it. I hate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and they it. quickly became best friends. You won't hate it for long. Okay. This is a little foreshadowing, but a quote from, it's the 12th victim, it's a book, is Bob saying, quote, Charlie could be the kindest person you've ever seen. He'd do anything for you if he liked you. He was a hell of a lot of fun to be around too. Everything was just one big joke to him. But he had this other side. He could be mean as hell, cruel. If he saw some poor guy on the street who was bigger than he was, better looking, or better dressed, he'd try to take the poor bastard down to his size. Just for being better looking than him? Oh, I can't wait till I see what this guy looks like. Exactly. So during their friendship, they both became inspired by James Dean and his rebellious, rough-edged attitude and his amazing style. I mean, they aren't wrong. They're not wrong. (laughs) When he was 16, he dropped out of school and started doing shipping and receiving at a local warehouse. Okay. So in 1956, Bob started dating Barbara Fugate. Fugate? Fugate. It's Fugate. Yeah, Fugate. And Charlie soon became interested in her little sister, Carol. Oh. I was like, wait, Barb's not, that's not the name on this title. (laughs) So uh, Carol was born July 30th, 1943 in Lincoln, Nebraska as well, to William and Velda. I couldn't find much out about her childhood, but I do know that she had an older sister, Barbara, obviously, and her, in her childhood, her mother remarried to Marion Bartlett. Okay. And Marion and Velda had a little girl, Betty Jean. Oh, cute name. Love it. I know. Betty Jean. I can't wait for the name Betty to start coming back. Dude. It's gonna. I mean, I won't name my child that, but you know that. I had a grandma, Betty. Oh, I love it. It's just a great name. It's just a great name all around. Um... Anyways, any of you named Betty, we love it. Yeah, We're here for it. Dude, if you're our age and your name is Betty, props. Like, Can you write us and be our friend? Say, hi, my name's Betty. That's all <laughs> we'll we be need. like, okay, love you. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> um, and so at the young age of barely 13, Carol met Charles. And let me specify that at this time, Charles was 18. Okay. And she was barely 13. Like, okay. had just turned 13. <laughs> okay. So... Just specify barely 13. Um, uh, Charles became pretty fond of Carol, and the two would often double date with Bob and Barbara, so his best friend and her older sister. Oh. The... There's, like, a 13-year-old Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. We're all going out as a group. We're gonna babysit real quick. Yikes. (laughs) I've gotta bring my little sister. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) Great. Bring her. Was hoping. Yes. Oh, okay. I hate this joke. (laughs) So, the warehouse that Charles worked at was located very close to Carol's middle school. Oh my god, in middle school. They would have lunch together almost daily, and he was just completely smitten by Carol. And she was excited that an older wannabe James Dean lookalike was so interested in her. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see pictures. Okay, I'll let you open the pictures now. Okay, does he look like James Dean? Not really. We're about to find out together, me and you people. Oh, he's... Well... So he has like some looks where you're like, you know, his what? profile is doing the things that his hair is so hairy. hairy. <laughs> I don't know what to. Okay, I see why he, why he's trying. I understand that a middle schooler would view this and be like, this guy's so cool. 
I would not think that. No. No. I mean, he has that certain style. Like, the style definitely, I think, I think he was probably, like, maybe a four before, and uh-huh. he got up to, like, a seven, because he's like, here's yeah, yeah. my cigarette, here's he, my nice hair. Whoever his barber was made him a solid seven. Like, good job, barber. Point five. Six point seven five. Okay, his profile is a, for sure a seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So... Um, I mean, he just definitely, you could tell that he, like, was trying to look like that time. Yeah, he's goofy guy, goofy looking when he's, like, smiling and stuff, and kind of looks a little, almost dazed and confused, but he also looks like he cares about what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not, like, a natural, like, No, hey. no. no. Anyways. No. Did you not like my, your head? Hey. hey. <laughs> She's even got the shoulders involved here, people. <laughs> I got it, guys. I got hey. it. Hey. Um, so Charles was trying to teach Carol how to drive one day when she got in an accident in Charles's car that he owned with his father. And the accident led to Charles and his father getting into, like, a physical altercation. And Charles got kicked out of his house. Okay. So He that- probably was like, stop letting 13-year-olds drive my car. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, also, stop dating 13-year-olds. Also, dude, like, yeah. I know we're y- you're young and, like, this is in a different time. I can't. Still kind of illegal. I can't stop thinking about the idea of him going to meet her for lunch. Like, was he like, I'm her big brother? I think it was just a lot la- more lax. He's like, just run away oh, to the park. for sure. It was. Oh, yeah, park. yeah. Maybe she just, like, went out to some benches. Yeah, and they're just sitting at a park together. I don't freaking know. Yeah, but it know. happened. So, anyways, (laughs) at that time, Charles moved in with Barbara and Bob, and his life quickly started to revolve around Carol, especially now that his family was out of the picture. Okay. It honestly sounds like he became pretty obsessive over Carol. Is Um, she in any of these pictures? Yes. Okay. You can tell me which one when you're ready. (laughs) Um, So, the picture of the two of them, there's a picture of the two of them. On the couch? Yes. She's, how, when was, how old is she? She's 13 or 14 in that picture. Okay. I will say she does not look like... I mean, her her face kind of does look like a 13-year-old. She looks older to me. Everyone yeah. back in the day looks older to me, though. She definitely does. I, I would agree. Um, so he became obsessive over Carol, and he didn't propose, but he told people they were getting married. Okay. He didn't get her pregnant either, but was telling people that she was pregnant. Oh, he was telling people that? Yeah. Okay, that's it's weird. It's like, okay, well, you're the weirdo getting a 13-year-old pregnant, so stop. Oh, right, right, 13. Oh, I gotta stop looking at this picture, because I feel like <laughs> she looks like she's almost 30. <laughs> definitely Freaking not. Me definitely not. Um, so since we're on the topic of kind of where Charles was mentally, uh-huh. he never went without food or shelter, but, I mean, he did have six siblings, and his parents had, were carpenter and waitress, mm-hmm. so they lived more on the poverty line. They always had food, always had shelter, but they didn't always have everything that they wanted. I mean, props to them for being able to give seven children food and shelter. Yes, yes. Like, so this is something that had always bothered him. Even more now that he had a girlfriend that he wanted to take care of, and around that time, he decided the only way he would be able to give um, himself and his girlfriend the life that he wanted to partake in was crime. Right, right. Because he was probably like, you know, I'm not too good at most things. You know what I'll do? I'll just rob stuff. Well, and he was said that he was kind of like a slower learner. Uh But it also was said that he just didn't apply himself. But he kind of just seemed like he was a little, not the most intelligent, we'll just say. Right. So 
so he probably took a route that felt easier at the time. Yes. <laughs> so on November 30th, 1957, he went to the store to buy Carol a present at the gas station. Um, by store, I meant he went to the gas station. Ah. Um, but when he couldn't afford it with the money that he had on him, the manager, Robert Colvert, didn't let him buy it on credit and he got thrown out. So, he then returned to the store the next day. He entered the store once and bought cigarettes. He entered the store again and bought gum. And then the third time, he entered the store with a bandana and a hat and robbed Robert at gunpoint. Oh, robbed Robert. (laughs) He robbed Robert. I'm sorry. I can't let that go unnoticed. No, okay. (laughs) He robbed Robert. And he always... He already bought stuff that day, but the day before he was trying to buy stuff on credit. And he didn't have, yeah, and he didn't have the money. So, so like the he got the money day, in the next day. And But he's mad about the credit, uh, whatever. Well, maybe he's just testing the waters. I don't know. I don't yeah. like it. But he robbed Robert. So he robbed Robert at gunpoint. If you're ever going to rob anyone, I probably should be a Robert, actually. Eh, His name's know. asking for it. Yeah. So he robbed Robert, and then after he robbed the Robert. safe, he forced Robert into the car <laughs> And he made him drive to a remote area where he shot him in the head. Oh, I killed Robert. This is not fun anymore. No more fun. I was like, okay, I gotta put a halt to this Rob- <laughs> yeah. Robert thing. Yeah, boom, move right on to on the like real, the <laughs> more more crime that happened. Okay. Well, he uh, it escalated quickly. It did. He, he was just went like from robbery. I really want this. Yeah. All right, get the fuck in my car. Let's go kill you. It seems strange to have had to kill him, but probably because at some point he was like, oh, I've been in here twice today, and this bandana is not going to hide who I yeah. am. He probably knows. Yeah. So then Charles headed to Carol's and let her know that he had just robbed the convenience store, but didn't mention the murder. Oh. Slash, he said someone else had murdered Robert. It's kind of oh. stories that are fighting each other. And she believed someone else came and killed. Either way, she didn't really seem to be phased by it. Okay. She's like, meh, okay. Which made him desire her even more. He's like, she believed my lies. No, he's like, she's down with it. She doesn't give a fuck what I do, basically. Oh, right, right, right. So by the time he had run out of, like, by the time, by this time, he had run out of money that he had gotten from the robbery. He had lost his job and he had been evicted. Oh, yikes. Going downhill. Downhill. So on January 21st, 1958, Charles went over to Carol's home where she lived with her parents and her two-year-old sister, Billie Jean. Oh, right. She has a two-year-old sister. Two-year-old sister. When he got there, Carol was not home, but her parents informed him that he needed to stay away from their daughter, and they were not okay with their relationship. Yeah. I mean, Obviously. Good job on your parents. Yes. So there are two different accounts of what took place next. One is that Charles waited for Carol to get home and then told her that he had her family held hostage, and that if she went along with it, she herself would be safe, and he killed her family. That's option one. Okay. Option two, which is what he said happened, what I believe happened, uh-huh. is, and I loosely believe that this happened, is a lot of, so I got a lot of this information from a book called Old Sparky. Okay. Oh, great name. I had to put, I was like, oh, a fabulous name. <laughs> yes. um, so it said that Charles was waiting outside to tell Carol what her parents had said about him needing to stay away and all that. And that Carl went inside because she was pissed and got in an argument with her parents and was like, why would you say that to my boyfriend? Carl went inside. Carol. <laughs> I was like, wait, who's Carl? Her name is spelled C-A-R-I-L. I-L. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, God. Damn it. Yes. I should have just changed them all to Carol so I could read them better. <laughs> um, 
But so so she goes inside. Carl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> kidding. He's also Carol. Yeah. So Carl. Carol went inside and was just pissed her parents. Like, don't tell my boyfriend this. Blah, blah, blah. And that is when he supposedly went inside and things got violent. Okay. He said that Marion came after him with a hammer. So he shot... So Charles shot him in the face. Then her mother came after him with a knife. So he shot her. Then when the little girl continued to yell and scream, he threw a knife at her, striking her in the neck. He then proceeded to Marion, who was still alive, and he aggressively stabbed him in the throat. And by that, I mean he put the knife, like, the knife up to his throat, and it was too rigid, or rigid, and it wouldn't, uh-huh. like, cut through. Uh-huh. So he shoved it with his hand to cut his throat. Oh. There's your vivid moment of the day. Ugh. Yeah, this is gnar-gnar. Also, he claims that he just threw a knife and it just went into a child's and neck. That, yeah, he was like, he threw it backwards and it literally, and she was two. And She's it just two, went. but also that sounds like I mean, yeah. him trying to talk him. I don't know what the problem, but it, he's trying oh, to downplay. Wait. This is not the first time that he throws something and then something happens. Okay, well, he's so. trying to downplay the fact that he stabbed a two-year-old, I'm just saying. Yeah. But he did. So Marion's body, which was the stepdad, um, was then taken to the chicken coop and left on the ground. Velda's body was shoved into the toilet of the outhouse. What? How big was that toilet? I don't know. Like I, I think of like a, literally like a... Oh, an outhouse. An outhouse. It's just a big hole. Yeah, it's like a big hole and you could put a body in there. Oh. I feel like you'd have to like lift it up and then... The seat? Uh, uh, uh. Probably. No, I was thinking like the whole outhouse. Like, okay, you lift it. No, you just the... stick something in a toilet. She was probably small. Oh, I Anyways. don't talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> Why am I still talking about it? So, and then they put Billie Jean's body was put in a small box, and they put that in the outhouse as well, probably like on the floor or something. Okay. That's... <laughs> so, for the next six days, Carol and Charles stayed in the house. Okay, I need it to be clear. I hate all of this. Moving on. <laughs> okay. I 100% agree. So and mad. you'll hate it more once this oh, story just great. continues to go. So anyone that would stop by, Carol would tell them the whole family had the flu and no, and everybody was super con- contagious and, like, nobody could come in the house. Nobody oh, could go on. out of the house. Like, you don't even want to be around here. Everybody's sick. This is like a cesspool. We're all stuck. Absolutely don't go use our outhouse, whatever you do. Please don't. <laughs> so two of the many visitors that came to check on the family were Bob and Barbara. Uh-oh. So the best friend and the sister. Uh-huh. Who grew very suspicious with this story. The two called the police to do a welfare check. When they showed up, Carol gave them the same story saying, everybody just has the flu. Like, everybody's fine. We're just super sick. And the police were like, meh, this girl's family's sick. It's okay. Is she still 13? She's 14. No, she's 14. She's 14 and they're believing this story from the 14th. So they're like, everything's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't know why everybody's freaking out. And... They were like, we believe you. Have a great day. See you later. Then went to Bob and Barbara, and they were like, there's no cause for concern. You guys need to chill out. Okay. A quick question about the robbery of Robert still. Was, there, was this before this was before cameras were, like, filming, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, because I can't stop. I mean, it was a long time, so I'm sure that they didn't have cameras in every convenience store. It's not anywhere like it is now. So there's there's no nothing suspicious. He's not He's pinned not to even this right slightly. now. So they, no. at this point, they don't even think this guy's a bad guy that's in there. But there's just a random older man in this house with this 14-year-old, and they're like... Well, everybody knew they were dating. That's so weird. 
And like, okay. it seems like the cops just, it, it was a different time too. A lot yeah. of, there was always that age difference. A lot of times there was that age difference. Ugh. Anyways, then her grandma went out and was like, I know your boyfriend's in there. I know nobody approves of it. Let me see your mom. And she was like, no, mom's in danger. You need to go. Like, somebody's back there with her. Like, then goes with this whole entire other story with her grandma. Oh, no. Because she was like, my grandma's not going to believe the flu story. So I'm going to be like, her life depends on it. You need to get the fuck out of here, basically. And her grandma was like, let me the fuck in. She's like, no. And then, so she called the cops. And apparently, finally, the cops did an actual inspection inside the house. Okay. And they were like, okay, nobody's home. Like, stop. All you people are freaking out and nobody's here or they're just sick. And even though it was a murder scene, technically, in there, they must have just cleaned it all up. I'm sure they did. We're fine. Everyone's fine. Sorry about the flu. They left. Yeah. So finally, Bob and his brother went and did an inspection for themselves Uh outside. Uh Oh, no. So they found the bodies and literally took straight off and went to the police. So So have... The entire time, they've both just been staying in this house the yes. entire time. Like, they haven't left. They haven't... Six days, just okay. chilling in the house. Oh, okay. I mean, they've gone to the grocery store. It was said, like, he went to the grocery store. This is back when Milkman, like, literally came. So oh. the, they would drop, the Milkman would drop off the milk, and they'd pay for it. And then they would go to, like, a local grocery store down the street. Charles would, just to mm-hmm. grab a couple things. But Carol was always home. Always home. And that that's for sure why there was no camera activity when there was a robbery because if the milkman's still coming there is not camera activity <laughs> <Very true. laughs> um so before the police could show up because obviously they found the bodies at this point the couple took off and headed towards charles friend's austin myers house so on january 27th so this is just six days later yeah their car got stuck in the mud on the way to austin so right down the street and austin came to help it get unstuck and that's when in charles's words there was an altercation and Charles shot Austin in, like, oh, self-defense. He's just, his answer for being mad at people now is killing them. Well, and he's like, self-defense. They were coming at me for, the parents were coming at me. You don't uh-huh. really have self-defense for a two-year-old, like, like yeah. an asshole. Uh-huh. That's why it was accidentally whipped into the air. <laughs> exactly. So then, with this one, he's like, no, me and my friend got in a fight. Basically, it went too far. And so I had to kill my friend. Exactly. So, in my opinion, obviously yours too. He's just like, I killed my homie. Hate him. I killed you. Mm Mm-hmm. Hate him. So, but the couple proceeded to wrap Austin's body up in a blanket, put it in a shed, and went into his house. (laughs) They just keep hiding them in backyard places like no one goes Nobody's going to find this. Absolutely. So, they then robbed him, and then they ended up staying the night. So, the next morning, they headed out, and um, they literally got stuck in the same road. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, they grabbed the guns that they had stolen from him because they robbed him and took his money and guns and food and stuff. Oh, my gosh. And they started hitchhiking when they were finally picked up by 17-year-old Robert Jensen and 16-year-old Carol King. Once in the car, he held them at gunpoint and made them go back to Myers Farm where he had shot Robert. He shot Robert multiple times in the head and he shot Carol once and her lower half was undressed and it showed that she had been stabbed multiple times in the stomach and in her area. Oh, no. But there was no sign of sexual abuse. Can there be if there's, sta- uh, like... No, but, they like, see? they say there was, like, no semen, no nothing. Oh, right, like, right. it did not seem like there was sexual abuse. That He's just It was more angry. of an aggressive thing. Uh-huh. So we'll get back to that. Okay. Good so to know. they hid their teen's bodies and took off again. Heading 
This Guess is where the fuck they went. Out of control. Where did they go? They went back to Lincoln, Nebraska. What? And their Why? first stop what? was driving by her parents' house to see if anybody had found the bodies. So they, like, went in to see if the bodies were still there? They didn't, no. They, like, drove by the house, and they saw a bunch of fucking cops. And they were like, oh, must found the bodies. Gotta keep going. And they literally drove right by the house. I can't. But they weren't spotted. So. (laughs) What? I am shocked, I think. I don't (laughs) even know. Like, the neighbors are like, oh, that's. That's somebody that lives yeah. here. Hey, that's your guy. That's there you go. Oh, oh he left. Him. Oh, yeah. my bad. They missed him. Yeah, sorry guys. And they were like, they missed us. <laughs> Ew. Please don't ever do that again. Um, so shortly after returning to Lincoln, Nebraska, Charles's car was spotted. The one that got stuck in the mud, and it was right next to Austin's like house so they oh right he just left his freaking yeah so they went and they found all the bodies of everybody the other three so the next morning the couple scouted a rich area in town and found a house where clara ward and her maid lillian finkel oh wow that's very fancy we're home alone and her maid lillian finkel right so this is like a high class person um, well, there's still milkmen. There's for sure still maids. Definitely. So Charles knocked on the door, and the first thing he did was point a gun at Lillian and insist to come in. At this time, Carol was sitting in her car, initially. So, But once Clara found Charles with a gun, she agreed. She was, so the rich lady was like, I'll do whatever you want. Like, I don't want to be me. harmed. Just I just want to keep you calm, basically. So then Carol ended up coming inside, and Charles insisted that Clara make them breakfast and serve it to them in the library. Oh, because she had a library. Yeah. So he, he probably he's was not like asking. By, was like, whoa, we got to eat in there. <laughs> he's not asking the maid. He's asking the rich woman. Oh, to feed him. The yes. Day. Okay. So fucking power play, just all the way on his part. Power play and pr- it. I don't know what the word would be, but like it's like he got into this nice house and was like, oh. Oh. Well, this is initially what he, like, he he was thinking. Okay. So after they ate, Clara asked to go change, and when it took her a while, Charles went upstairs to find her armed. Clara shot at him and missed, unfortunately. Dang it. And Charles threw a knife at her back. (laughs) Oh, right. And hit another. And then he repeatedly stabbed her and killed her. Did they confirm that this lady actually had a gun? Yes. Or was he claiming No, 100%. No, 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 no. Yeah, she had a gun. It was there. It's Does a this point. Con- is this considered self-defense caliber. at this point? Um, no. I mean, he did intrude upon her house. I just feel like he if that's held her brain. It's self... It, it, no, no. She, there's I mean, no way. Yeah, yeah. I just am wondering. I'm like, wait a second. No. So, Claire's husband then came home. He shot him point blank. Then he tied Lillian, their maid, to the bed and stabbed her to death. There was also a dog, and he snapped its neck. <gasps> so just I hate to all see of it. you now. He's just, he's gone at this point. Yes. So during this time, the paper had come, and it had a picture of the two of them just very big, blown up, like front page of the paper. And he seemed just ecstatic about it, saying that okay, they were yeah. celebrities now. And then during this time, he wrote a letter to, quote, the law, that said (laughs) i'm writing a letter to the law (laughs) exactly and this is a quote from the letter i and carol are sorry for what has happened i and carol i'm just reading it exactly i won't won't so just because i have hurt everybody because of it and so has carol but i'm saying 
one thing everybody then came out there was lucky they're not dead even carol's sister i'm sorry what end quote so basically he's saying everybody that came to that house is like to check on them is lucky that they're not dead now too Oh. And he's like, but I'm sorry to everybody. Sorry to everyone. Sorry about everyone being dead, but you should be happy that not everyone is dead. Exactly. So he supposedly also called his dad threatening to kill Bob. Kill Bob. Oh, no. Yeah. Kill Bob. Like Bob, his dad or Bob Van No, his dad's name's Guy. Okay. So Bob Van Bush. There's been a lot of names. Yeah. So he threatened to kill Bob, his friend. For literally no reason because or? he went to the police oh oh right bob did the right thing got it yeah. got it got it so he was basically all over the place but the couple ended up taking off and started heading towards washington towards washington so uh, they were looking for another car to steal when they found merle collison they woke him up saying they needed to switch cars um and he, at this point he was on the side of a highway sleeping. He was like a travel shoe salesperson. Uh-huh. So he just probably... Which people traveled to sell me shoes. Yeah. He and probably just had a bunch of shoes in his car and he's like, you need one? Ooh. I don't know. But... At some point that gets creepy. <laughs> exactly. But when he was trying to be like, we're switching cars, he ended up just shooting him <laughs> and killing him. And then... It's a habit he has. He's just he's like, like oh, shoot. Uh, uh, you're dead now. Sorry. I don't know how this conversation is going to go, so I'm just going to kill I don't do conversations. You. Death. Yeah, exactly. I hate it. So Charles claimed that that shooting was all Carol, though, later on. He claims oh. this. So Charles started driving this car he was taking for Merle, and Merle's body is literally in the front seat. Carol's in the back, and then he couldn't, but he couldn't figure out how to turn off the e brake. What? So the e brake was on while this guy was sleeping, and he couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Because so, maybe he just never been in a car that had an e-brake before? I guess. I mean, this was a long time ago, so maybe it Don't was a they thing. all come equipped with an e-brake? I mean, maybe they didn't back then. You Jeez. never know. That could have been... That honestly sounds like a trial and error thing. We should probably give it an e-brake. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, right, right, right. It was right, probably right. a newer car. I just feel like even before the foot brake, that was the thing. I know nothing about cars. I should I'm point gonna that out you're wrong. I literally think it's a trial and error. Like, the, we have an emergency brake for these I cannot wait reasons. for this podcast or this episode to come out and someone be like, they, they have no idea. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> no, we don't. Inform me. Okay. Come on, I just bring it on. Yeah, I'm just so uh, he couldn't figure out how to turn the e-brake off. So he so he got out of the car and a man pulled over to help them. Oh no! Charles pointed the gun at him and told him, "Raise your hands." And then he was like, "Or I'm you need to come help me with this e-brake, or I'm going to kill you." He's and like, oh, an this e-brake? Is That's it. Literally on the side of a highway. So he's like. <laughs> Ah, this guy's hands are up and he's like okay i need to help you and then at this fucking moment william romer was driving by william just so happened happened to be a deputy sheriff and probably was like the he's like oh fuck again he's like i'm just trying to go home parks his car gets out he's like all right everybody yeah yeah, seriously (laughs) so apparently so he pulls over obviously Mm -hmm. and carol just jumps straight out of the car into the cop he's like help me help me charles is a killer Oh, she's playing Twist. a new role. Uh-huh. So, Charles jumped in the car and a high-speed chase occurred. Two cops chased after him, shooting out the back of his window. And Charles eventually just abruptly stops the car. He got out and stood there, not taking orders from the cops. Like, he was, they're like, put your arms up. And he, like, wouldn't. And, and then they're like, get on the ground. And he, like, wouldn't. And so they, like, shot at his feet. And then he apparently 
was like, okay, I should probably... Uh-huh. And he, like, put his hand, apparently, like, in, like, he was, gra- like, grabbing Reached something his from back. his, like, ba- back belt. And it, they were, that was what was facing them. And he was literally tucking his shirt in. Right then and there, you chose to tuck your shirt in? <laughs> Out of all the time. Do you know where people usually keep their guns? Yeah, exactly. So they shot at his feet, exactly. and then he, like, got down on the ground finally. So the reason that he stopped is because he thought he had been shot. Oh, because when they, like, blew out the back, glass hit his ear, and his ear was he... bleeding. Oh, no. And so he was like, I've been shot, I've been shot, there's I've been blood. been shot in my head? And so I'm fine to think about it, I should stop this car. Exactly. Is this in the car that the e-brake was still on? Probably. I think so. <laughs> I mean, they maybe figured it out at one point. Oh, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure it probably still drove. It was just like, exactly. kind of smoky. <laughs> so, obviously, he was arrested. Okay. And basically admitted to everything that happened. Well, Carol said she was a hostage and she was scared of Charles and what he would do to her family. But like she ended up in like she also ended up admitting being present for all the murders of her family. And she's like, but I was worried about my family. Bitch, your fa- most of your family's dead. I have I am torn. I'm very torn. So we'll talk about our, so our beliefs. But it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm looking at her and I feel like she probably could have put up a fight and been... So we'll... T- well, no, also. So on May 5th, Ooh, 1958, <laughs> Charles' trial began. And against um, his lawyer's advice, he was like, no, I'm completely sane. I knew what was going on. Um, most of it was, this was in defense. And then the one that really wasn't, besides the child, um, he was like, oh, that was all Carol. Oh. And... They were like, okay, well, we're going to say that you're innocent by reason of insanity. And he was like, no, but I'm sane. And so it just very contradicted itself. He wants to take credit for it. So when you want to take credit for it, you don't want to plea insanity. Yes. You want to say, this is my work. I did it. So at the end, he was sentenced to death by gas chamber and died on June 25th, 1959. So Dude, what a gnarly way to die. But back to Carol. Wait, did he die from gas chamber? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Carol initially said, Charles had said that Carol had nothing to do with it, like that she was not involved, but then it started to come out that she was saying she was not his girlfriend, just a scared girl that had to go along with Charles, and then Charles at this point is like, oh, fuck no. He's like, wait, 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 new story. So, yeah, basically he was like, oh, okay, she fucking is a liar. Yeah. And she did a lot of things, including mutilating this girl. Because I thought she was attractive. Oh, is that the Carol? This, yeah, Carol. Oh, King. Carol. And, and her, oh. that she actually was the one that committed some of the murders as well. So this is when it comes out that like, oh, she's the one that killed. But how does Carol know that he thinks Carol's attractive? You know, like maybe he's because mm. he, they're probably in the middle of some high intense murder thing, and he's like, oh, she's kind of cute. They're like in the back seat, and he was like, she's cute. Like, that one's cute. Like, I'll, I'll kill her. Or something yeah. like that. Who knows what he... I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of normal things that was said in this fucking relationship. This is the craziest murder situation spree of couples that you've covered so far, I, I think. It. I love it. I mean, I don't love it. I was it, like, but... whoa, whoa, why are you so excited? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, a quote from Starkweather. So, Charles. Oh, right, right. Is, quote... I left her alone a lot of times. Sometimes when I would go in and get hamburgers, she'd be sitting in the car with all the guns. There would have been nothing to stop her from running away. I, that was the main thought that I had. The thing, I go back and forth. She's 14. 
she's 14. Okay, let's get back to our opinions on it. (laughs) She's 14. Okay. So despite her defense, Carol was charged with first-degree murder and sentenced to life because she was only 14 at the time. And apparently life for a 14-year-old is not very long. She was paroled in June of 1976. Oh. (laughs) She moved to Michigan, changed her name, and in 2007, she got married to Frederick Clare. In 2017, or 2013, they actually got in a bad accident where she was seriously injured, but unfortunately, her husband did die. Oh, no. So, he's dead. Like a car wreck? Yeah. Okay. He's dead. Charles is dead. Uh-huh. The hus- her other husband's dead, too. Yeah, all, um, all and she she's still alive and going and living. Possibly in Michigan. Actually, it said she was in Ohio for a little bit. But Potentially rehabilitated. So, opinions. Uh, I have a lot. <laughs> I think that, and I've heard enough cases in my life to think that when you're 14, you don't know better. And that when you're 14 and in love, you're going to do weird stuff. Like, mm, sit in the car when you're kind of afraid of the guy that you're with, maybe. But also, you can be influenced by their behavior. Yes. And kind of like, whatever they're doing. You know that whole, like, weird, creepy thing whenever people are in love? Like, all the other couples you've talked about yeah. when they're in love. And, like, I feel like... <sighs> so what gets me is the six days in that house. There yes. were so many people. Her grandma came through. Her The cops came through multiple times. Her uh-huh. sister came through. His best friend came through. There were so many people that she could have been like... And she he was, wasn't with her and at the door. also, think about being 14 and like having a super crush on someone and then being like, I love you so much. I killed everyone for you. <laughs> and you just like, me? I would have killed over and died, but like, take me too. <laughs> However... You just killed me too. Also, you know emotions. that like 14-year-old crush... It's like so obsessive, and I'm looking. I mean, at her. I've always really loved my mom, so I don't think any of my crushes ever out like yeah outdid nope. yeah, my no. mom's life. I know. I'm I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who if could Justin be... Bieber walked up to your door and killed my mom. <laughs> no. But he was like, "But babe, I love you." I would instantly call nine one one and be like, "Justin Bieber killed a lot of hey, people." Johnny Depp. Yes. comes up to and your door. Oh, no. No. Yes. No. I just... Leonardo DiCaprio? No. <laughs> Maybe. No. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> Gerard Butler. Absolutely. Sorry, Mom. It's sorry out for, for you. The hesitation. You died by Gerard Butler. You're welcome, Mom. <laughs> I'd be like, I was killed by Gerard <laughs> Butler. Yeah. That's actually... you on, on her grave. Okay, this is dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was murdered by... Dude, my mom would be stoked if her grave said, was murdered by Gerard Butler. Okay, this and is where we like, get a little too... Ooh. I am married and talking about Gerard Butler killing my mom and me continuing to be happy with life. <laughs> so, I feel like this is the end Mom, I did not say any of this. It was all her. Oh, my sisters listen to every show we have, and they're going to be somewhere in the world listening to this, and then stop it, pause it, and go, Mom, you got to hear this part. Gerard Butler's going to kill you. Oh, my God. I'm literally crying. I'm actually really pleased with the direction this went. We had a lot more positive than I thought it would. Yeah, so now Um, I understand. He was her Gerard Butler. I'm sure of it. I hate crime. <laughs> so also, I know you asked about the other pictures. So the picture of the lady in the glasses. Oh, very bottom. Long hair. That is her when she got released. Whoa! <laughs> That's a glow up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't. She looks, 
She looks like the the actress in. I mean, I date her. I'm yeah. <laughs> wow, she looks substantially different than when she was thirteen. Holy majoli. Um, she looks like the actress in the or- Orange Is the New Black. Um, the girlfriend in jail. The the main chick. Piper. With blonde hair. Her. So black- the girl from that seventy show. Yeah, that's what she looks like right there. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, into it. Um, who's the one whose hands are being held in the press? Who's that? That's her when she was first caught. And tell me she does not look evil as fuck right there. She looks mad as fart sauce. Um, hold on, let me go back. The one of her on the couch, those are all the same lady? They're all the same lady. Holy moly, she had a lot of looks. Yeah, she does look... I mean, she looks angry, so I can't say... Ugh, I don't know. The lady behind her almost looks eviler. Oh, I know, she but is. she's just like, she looks like a warden that's just fucking pissed. Yeah, she looks like every old lady in all t- of history that's ever served anyone lunch. <laughs> that's what she looks like to me. It's just crazy to me, but yeah. yeah. she had a lot of looks over the years, and um, both, yeah, that was good. So that was my case. I liked it. And I literally want everyone to know, <laughs> I picked this case because of the pictures. Um, I would too, especially if I found out that that's her now, or then. Or later. <laughs> it's not her now, obviously. It's on black and white. <laughs> but um, that was good. Good work. Thanks. Thanks. Dude, guys, thanks for hanging out if you're still here to hear about the things that we just talked about at the right? end of this. <laughs> we like you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here for us. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Crime Lives out. <laughs>